0: Welcome to the Influence and Impact podcast for female leaders. My name's Carla Miller, and I'm a leadership coach who helps female leaders to tackle self-doubt, become brilliant at influencing, and make more impact at work. I've created this podcast to help you to become a more inspiring and impactful leader, and I want to become the leadership BFF you didn't know you were missing until now. Do you wish you had more Gravitas? If so, then this is the episode for you. Now, we're going through the archives at the moment, giving you access to some oldie but goodie episodes that you can no longer access on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And this one about Gravitas definitely is a goodie and something that lots of people struggle with. And I'm going to roll the episode for you in a minute, but two things have changed in my thinking since I recorded it. And so I wanted to elaborate on those before rolling the episode. Now, the first thing that's changed in my thinking is that when I first recorded this episode, I didn't know then what I know now about gender bias. I was very much focused on how we as women can take control um, of our working lives. And give ourselves every possibility of success which I am still completely committed to but now I also really understand just the extent of gender bias in the workplace um, and how as women we have to prove our competence in a way that men simply don't have to. Now I've done numerous episodes on this. So I'm not going to bang on about that again. But what I will say is that's not acknowledged in this episode because I hadn't really started reading some of the fantastic books that are on my um, bookcase now at that point. So I just want you to know as you go into this episode that absolutely there are things we can do, but there will be times when you might have been told that you don't have gravitas or don't have authority Um, and assumed that that was down to you when actually it could have been down to some really outdated ideas about what gravitas and authority look like. Now, the second piece that I want to mention is within this podcast, I talk about using your voice to have more gravitas. And the facts that I share are from very well-researched books, and I share them within Be Bolder as well, our training course around confidence and assertiveness. Um, But there is one fact that gets challenged quite frequently. So I wanted to highlight that to you. So later in the podcast, we will talk about voice and how you can use your voice. And one of the points that is made is that lower voices are taken more seriously. So a newsreader will lower their voice when they are delivering something. Um, Delivering a serious piece of news. Now, one way you can hear that is to hear, well, you have to have a low voice to have authority. If I've got a high pitched voice, I'll never be taken seriously. That's outrageous. That's definitely one way you can hear that. Um, I am absolutely not saying that you cannot have gravitas and cannot be credible if you are naturally high pitched. If you are a woman, I absolutely agree that we need to stop making assumptions um, about someone's authority based on their general pitch and tone of their voice. However, what I am saying is that all of us have a range within our natural tone and pitch of voice. And we can utilize that range for communication in the same way as we would utilize a pause. We can also utilize either increasing or lowering the pitch of our voice or the speed. In order to land a point effectively. So I just want to clarify that and be 100% clear that I'm not saying that you are less credible with a high-pitched voice. What I'm encouraging you to do is to utilize the full range of your voice when you're communicating. Um, So with that caveat in mind, um, I'm going to roll this episode for you. I hope you're having a lovely summer. I'm recording this um, just before I head off on holiday to Italy. First holiday abroad for my five-year-old. First holiday abroad for me since before he was born. I did do a little trip to America for work, but I never really left the conference room. Um, So very, very excited about that Um, and looking forward when we come back in autumn to running Influence and Impact and Be Bolder again So if you are looking for ways to work with me, do um, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email or go to my website and find out more about those courses. Okay, let's talk about Gravitas. I think Gravitas sometimes gets confused with a sense of authority. So let's start by defining Gravitas. In the dictionary, it's defined as dignity, seriousness, or being solemn of manner. And gravitas comes up for me in conversations with my clients when um, women come to me and they say that they have been told that they need to have more gravitas. And when I dig a bit deeper, they've been told by their line manager or their chief exec that they are perhaps too smiley or too friendly, someone was even called too fluffy, which is pretty outrageous, but too smiley, too friendly, too fluffy, to be taken seriously at the next level of leadership. I completely dispute the idea that if your default is to be smiley and friendly, you cannot be taken seriously as a leader. I don't think you have to completely change your personality in order to be taken seriously as a leader. But what you do need to be able to do is to step into the authority that comes with your role and to be able to deliver serious messages and make tough decisions. And that's where gravitas can come in. So gravitas used to be a requirement for leadership If, like me, your career has spanned a couple of decades, then you will remember the days in the 90s. I suspect it was more like this in the 80s, but I was still at school then, I'm pleased to say. But those days, a manager and a leader was someone who told you what to do. It was a very directive, authoritarian style of management, a style that we don't come across too often now, these days, in our workplaces. But leadership has evolved since then, and women no longer need to act like old men in grey suits to be taken seriously as leaders. But there are times when we do have to deliver serious news or address a room full of people who intimidate us, and that is where Gravitas can come in helpful. So I'm going to share some tools that you can use in those situations. Um, And first I want to tell you a bit of a story about a time when I realised that I didn't have Gravitas. So at the time, I was at Rainbow Trust Children's Charity. I was a director of fundraising and we did some media training. It was one of those days where you go and um, you practice dealing with radio and TV interviews around a crisis situation. And I consider myself to be a decent communicator. Um, And I went on this course with my chief exec, with um, someone in my team who worked alongside me, with some of the other directors. And we all got videoed giving a an interview or a statement on um, pretend television about a really serious accusation that had been um, lodged against a staff member. Completely made up story, just to to reiterate that. And what I realised from watching that was that whilst I was communicating really well, actually I had zero gravitas. And when you compared me to the chief exec, when the chief exec said things, you were taking her more seriously. When you looked at me on screen as I was younger than her, but also my tone, my tone was, was my normal tone, which was friendly. I have these big brown eyes that look very earnest. And I just looked like a a very sweet, earnest person who was out of their depth. And at that point, it became really clear that should we have a situation like that, I was not going to be the obvious spokesperson, because I had not yet developed gravitas. I hadn't developed the ability to communicate in that really solemn manner. I've been working on it since then. I still don't think it comes particularly naturally to me. I don't think it comes particularly naturally to a lot of women, particularly younger women, because our voices are higher, and we take up probably a bit less space in the room because we're not as experienced at taking up more metaphorical space in the room. Gravitas does come more naturally to men just because their voices are lower, and we're going to talk about voice tone later and how you can use that to have more gravitas, but it's been proven that the lower your voice, the more seriously you're taken, the more people sit up and listen. So there was a presenter of the Today radio show on the BBC here in the UK who shared the fact that when they are delivering solemn news, they lower their voice because it triggers something in people where they think this is serious. I better listen to this. So that's my story of when it was a situation when I needed gravitas and I had not yet learnt how to have a gravitas. And again, this isn't something that you get taught, except potentially on those media training programs. The other time when it's really important to have gravitas and to be able to be quite solemn and, well, not quite, to be able to be solemn and serious in your delivery is when you're dealing with issues around performance management. So when you get into a formal performance management conversation, when you're having to tell someone that, that their role is not going to be continued, when you're dealing with redundancy you, you need to be able to for your tone of voice and your whole approach to reflect the seriousness of the situation. The other time it can be really useful is if you are going into a room of people who intimidate you. So um, in my old background it would be going in as a director into a room of trustees and the reality was that I was younger than most of them like 20, 30, 40 years younger than most of them. And I was definitely more female than most of them as well. And there were times when I was initially judged on that before I started to speak. So if you're going into situations like that, perhaps a really masculine environment, perhaps an environment where there are a lot of very senior people, that's good then to be able to have the ability to flex the way that you are communicating. So that's my case for learning how to have gravitas, but I do want to repeat the point that to be taken seriously as a leader, you do not have to go around having gravitas all the time. Being able to laugh as a leader, being able to smile, being able to build rapport to make people feel comfortable rather than uncomfortable, these are all fantastic traits as a leader Um, and I think when you look at some of the female leaders that um, we admire, they're able to flex between the two. They can deliver the bad news in a serious way, but they can also, when um, it's appropriate, they can also be lighthearted as well. Okay, so I'm going to talk you through a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to help you to understand the things you need to work on if you want to generally have more authority. So as opposed to gravitas so some of you will have seen the title of this podcast thought how to have more gravitas but actually what you would like is more authority what you'd like is generally to be taken more seriously as a leader to be seen as credible at the next level for people to listen to you when you speak so i'm going to give you some things that you can work on to do that and then i'm going to talk specifically about gravitas and some really practical strategies you can call on when you need them if Those things I just said resonated with you. If you would like to have more authority as a leader, then there are some areas that I really recommend you work on. And these are the three areas that make up my influence and impact framework. So the first is about mastering your inner leader and leading from within. The second is about increasing your impact. And the third is around advanced influencing skills. So just to talk you through those, in terms of leading from within and mastering your inner leader, essentially, if you have a lot of self-doubt, if you are experiencing a lot of imposter syndrome, it's really hard to have authority because you're not recognising your own authority. You're thinking, am I really good enough? Do I really deserve this? Um, And that's also just not a very fun way to go through life. Now, we all experience that. But if you are experiencing it a lot of the time, you don't have to. There are absolutely things you can work on that can help you with that. So you can work on why you're worrying um, and whether you're worrying about something that's already happened and beating yourself up for it, second guessing your decisions, or whether you're feeling fearful about the future and trying to control it. There are some personal development exercises you can do to help you with that. Equally, if you are someone who recognises you could be a bit of a perfectionist, if whatever you do is never good enough for you, if you're driving yourself relentlessly towards these really hard goals, you can also work on that so that instead of focusing on being a perfectionist, you focus on being a high achiever. And high achievers are people who absolutely set the goals and go for them, but they don't beat themselves up constantly along the way and they don't attach their value and worth as a person to their ability to achieve those goals. So perfectionism is something I see a lot in my coaching clients and that's something that you can absolutely work on as well and keep your high standards. And then essentially you can also work on that inner critic voice and how to recognize it, to recognize it's not the truth and how to take it less seriously, to be able to hear it and say, thank you, but actually, I've got this. I don't need to know what you have to say. And you can tune into what I call your inner leader. So that's that wise, calm, confident part of yourself. And there are ways you can learn to do that. And I take people through that on my influence and impact framework but essentially what I'm talking about here is personal development so if you know that actually self-doubt perfectionism lack of confidence is part of the reason why you don't have the authority and credibility that you want then there are ways that you can work on that Now, the second part is impact. This is about how you show up in the room. This is about what people think about you, the impression that you make on them, how much space you take up in the room. And again, there are things you can work on. You can be really intentional about the impression you want to make on people. I call that your personal leadership brand. You can work on your body language. I'm going to share some tips on that later in terms of having more gravitas, but you can apply them outside of gravitas as well, you can look at the language that you use and when you're verbally second guessing yourself, or when you're apologizing a lot of the time before you're um, presenting things, or when you're backtracking on something that actually you believe in because you suddenly panicked that people are judging you for it. So there's lots of things you can do to have more impact as well and then finally you can learn advanced influencing strategies so that the way what you communicate speaks the language of the stakeholders that you're talking to also helps you to realize that you do bring some power and authority to any table that you go to. You're not always the weaker person in any negotiation. So If those are things that resonate with you, I would really recommend that you check out my influence and impact framework and program. But now I want to talk to you about gravitas and some strategies you can use to have more gravitas when you need it. The first of these is body language. So when you are having conversations or you want to have more gravitas, first thing I want you to do is to ground yourself And what do I mean by that? I mean, put your feet flat on the floor. It makes you more solid. And that also makes you more stable. And when you are seen as a solid force, then you're basically seen as more, well, as immovable. And that's what you want when you want authority. You don't want to seem like if someone pushes you metaphorically, you will fall over. So just grounding yourself will make you feel more solid and stable and it will also help you to give off that impression as well. So almost imagining yourself as an oak tree and imagining when you put your feet on the ground that there are roots going from your feet deep into the earth. That will keep you stable. So if you are standing up you want to make sure that your weight is equally distributed between your hips so you're not going to one side, um, which is something that I do quite a lot. You want to make sure that you are standing up straight and your head is up and your shoulders are back. If you're sitting down, you just want to make sure that you are, um, again, your shoulders are back. We're not asking you to, I'm not suggesting that you sit like a man and take up as much physical space as possible, but you want to have authority in the way that you are sitting as well. Now, one thing that's particularly obvious when you're doing this virtually is if you move around a lot, then you're seen as having less authority. And it's just more obvious. It's more emphasized when you're on a screen. So that stability, that grounding yourself will help you to stay still as well. You don't have to stay still like a rock. But I was coaching someone the other day, and when she was thinking of an answer, she was moving backwards and forwards a lot. And we were doing some interview prep, um, and one of the bits of feedback that I gave her was to try not to move around quite so much when you're thinking, because it's distracting, but also it doesn't give the impression that we want to give. So ground yourself, stay stay, stay, (laughs) stay stable. Another thing that a lot of women do is we fiddle with our jewellery. So we fiddle with a necklace, we fiddle with an earring, we fiddle with our ring or our watch or our bracelet and I am terrible for that. I had to stop wearing necklaces for that reason. So that fiddling, it, it's a sign, it, it might just be a habit but actually it comes across as a bit of a nervous habit and we also tend to make ourselves smaller. So when we are doubting ourselves or when we're doing something we don't want to do, it's our natural instinct to become smaller and we tend to curl in on ourselves so we might cross our arms we might cross our legs if you if you tried now to put yourself in a position where you're having to have a really uncomfortable conversation and you tried to do the body language for how you actually feel about that it would probably be something fairly close to the fetal position and sometimes we find ourselves moving in that direction with our body language in a meeting so we want to do the opposite of that. We want to really own the space that is ours. And one thing you can do to practice this is power posing. So a lot of these things I'm sharing about your body language come from, um, I don't know if she's Dr. Amy Cuddy or Professor Amy Cuddy, but she has some amazing qualification her book is called Presence, and she's the person that introduced us to power posing and the Wonder Woman power pose. Now, do not do a Wonder Woman power pose in a meeting, Um, pretty obvious, but you can do it before, just doing the Wonder Woman power pose, so um, basically standing with your legs hip width apart, hands on your hips or your waist, shoulders back and head tilted a bit upwards, tilting that chin upwards a bit, holding that for two minutes, it's proven that that sends um, a burst of chemicals around your body that makes you feel more empowered for the rest of the day. Um, And I certainly, I've shared this tip with lots of people. I know people that go into the cubicle at work and do this before they've got to go to a meeting where they're feeling intimidated. There's also some Tai Chi exercises that I do to do something similar. Now let's talk about your tone of voice. And tone of voice is a really powerful thing. It's actually on my list of things I would like to do to develop myself. My voice isn't as low as it could be. I think it's not as powerful when I am thinking or when I am under pressure. It can get a little bit crackly. And I hear that on the rare occasions I listen back to my own podcast. So I would love a voice coach. It's on my list of things I would love to do. But here's some simple tips. Firstly, as I mentioned earlier, a lower tone helps you to make more impact on your listeners and conveys authority. So that is a great thing to try. Now, there's actually a book called Gravitas by um, Caroline. Hang on a second. I'm just going to look on my bookcase at her surname. Caroline Goida. G O Y D E R. Her training, I think, is acting, and so she's got a lot of these really practical tips around using your voice and your body language to communicate with what she calls gravitas, what I would call authority as well. So she's got an exercise in there where she basically said, What you want to do is to try and speak from your diaphragm and from your gut rather than your throat. So often, particularly when we're nervous. We're speaking and our voice is coming from our throat. But actually, if we want to inspire someone, we need our voice to come from our heart. And if we want to have more authority and gravitas, we want it to come from our gut. And so the way to practice this and to hear the difference is a couple of ways. One of them is that if you take your thumb and you put it where your ribs separate at the front of your body, so just underneath the front of your bra strap basically, if you put your thumb there and you massage, and I'm just gonna do that now, and actually you can probably already hear that my voice is a bit lower from doing that, only slightly, but it is lower. And that's what your voice with authority sounds like. In fact, I should start doing all my podcast episodes doing this. The other way to do it is to um, jump up and down. Um, If you jump up and down on the spot whilst you're speaking, you'll hear that your voice is lower because your voice is coming from your diaphragm. So those are ways to practice to get what it sounds like. and, And then you should be able to use that When you need it as well. So, having just done that, I feel like my voice is now at a lower tone because I've managed to tune into that. And you can probably quite subtly put your thumb on your diaphragm without anyone seeing in a meeting, certainly in a virtual meeting, just change how your chair is positioned. And if, like me, you get quite high pitched when you're under pressure or when you're feeling defensive, then just be aware. Of that so that you can counteract it. So I now know if someone really puts me on the spot in a meeting or where I feel like I'm having to defend something I really don't think I should have to defend in the first place, I know that I am experiencing stress and I'm communicating that when I hear my voice getting more high-pitched and so I consciously bring it down a bit. Now the other thing is voice speed. So the faster you speak, the harder it is to have authority and gravitas. And again, this is something that I do a lot when I'm nervous. And I think a lot of us do it because we're not comfortable taking up lots of space in the conversation. We think that we just have to make our point as quickly as possible and get it over with so that other people can go back to talking. And and I think there's some personal development work to do around that for many of us as well. But you want to speak more slowly when you're communicating serious news and the simplest way to do that is to use shorter sentences, pause between those sentences and close your mouth when you pause. Now, I was reminded of this tip yesterday, having a read of that Gravitas book, and I know when I record videos, I tend to think between sentences with my mouth open, and now I can see it on video, I see that I do not look very credible when I do that. So, I'm going to get better at closing my mouth between sentences. This also gives you a chance to breathe between sentences. Now, I think some of us worry that if we pause between the sentence that we'll get interrupted, but actually, it gives us gravitas which makes people less likely to interrupt us not huge pauses but just small pauses if you make your point and then you pause it gives people a chance to listen to it and it indicates that what you've said is serious and should be listened to so try and slow down a bit and try and pause more and also get comfortable with silence you can use silence to your advantage I think many of us feel uncomfortable with silence and jump in to fill the gap so we might ask a question if someone doesn't answer immediately we might start rephrasing the question in five different ways or caveating it when actually silence gives people time to think it also gives you that sense of gravitas so if for example you're having a formal performance management conversation with somebody then silence can be really powerful it gives them a chance to absorb what's being said and to formulate their responses and you don't weaken what you've said by trying to soften it or rephrase it because sometimes we have to have those uncomfortable conversations sometimes we have to deliver messages that as people we don't want to deliver The other tool you can use, and I've shared this in a few of my podcasts, is this cloak of authority. So this idea that actually when you don't feel comfortable communicating something, when you need that gravitas, you don't have to have natural authority. It comes with your job title and you just need to step into that to put it on like a cloak. Those are my top tips on gravitas. So just to summarize, use your body language, use your voice tone. Use the speed of your voice, get comfortable with silence, and resist the urge to soften or backtrack on what you've said. So, those are some practical things you can use when you want to have more gravitas in meetings. And as I talked about earlier, if actually authority is what you're after, then have a look at working on your inner leader, on increasing your impact, and on your mastering advanced influencing strategies. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not already subscribing, please do so so that you don't miss any future episodes. And if you want to go deeper on the topics that we talk about here on the podcast on confidence, self-doubt, imposter feelings, increasing your influence, being better at leading, then there are a few avenues that you can take. The simplest is to get yourself a copy of my book, Closing the Influence Gap. If you love this podcast, it is crazy if you don't already own that book because it's got so much of the content from the podcast in a really accessible way and so many practical tools and strategies. It's basically a practical guide for women leaders who want to be heard in the workplace. You can grab a copy in any uh, bookstore. Now, we also run a couple of open programs. Uh, we run them once or twice a year each. There is Be Boulder, our four-week confidence and assertiveness course, which is suitable for women at any level. And then there's also Influence and Impact, which is our Women's Leadership Development Programme. That's a three-month small group cohort working closely with me. And then my team and I also work in-house in organisations Sometimes that's working with women leaders, whether that's running a whole women's leadership programme or running one of our really popular masterclasses for women leaders. Sometimes it's working with early to mid-career women, where we're often sharing our Be Bolder confidence and assertiveness programme. We also offer gender neutral versions of that, which are becoming increasingly popular because women aren't the only people experiencing confidence challenges And then finally, we do work with allyship and supporting men to help bring about gender equity in the workplace as well. So if you are heading up a team or a department or within your organisation, you're responsible for the people function or L&D and would like to have a chat about how we can work together, I would absolutely love that. And you can go to my website and book a call Or if it's simpler, head on over to LinkedIn. Let's connect and let's chat there. I would love to take working with you to the next level um, and help you to become an organization that retains and develops and supports the talented women that work for you.